And welcome, welcome, welcome back to the 40-Yard Line Podcast. Once again, of course, I am your host, JC Campos, and on my right-hand side is none other than the lovely Evan Richard Veith. Hello, I'm Evan. Evan, Evan how are you doing today? I'm doing very good. You, you keep doing my middle name. It just keeps going. I guess that's my name now. I don't know why. It's just You really I, like Richard. I rolled with it this season, and I feel like ever since I started riding with it, we're 5-0, so yeah, i got to keep going. That's true. So I'm going to keep riding it. Now, guys, uh, obviously, this is actually being recorded on a Tuesday, October 3rd. This episode will be dropped on October 4th, and we're dropping that because we hope we'll have a large influx of visitors because they will have just come back from that Moody's Trivia Night, which has been hosted Wednesday night at Moody's Kitchen and Bar and Grill, whatever the official title is. They got a lot of stuff going on. They got a lot of stuff going on there. Guys, we hope that all of you that came out to Trivia last night had a great time. Uh, we hope we got to talk to a few of you. We look forward to meeting some of you later on down the year. Yeah. But for today... Hopefully we weren't too annoying as hosts. I feel like we're definitely going to be. We're going to be. No, like, <laughs> I'm like not sure how confident I am in us. <laughs> But it's okay. Well, you guys can judge already when you're hearing this. So. <laughs> hey, if you guys are listening, good enough. Yeah. yeah. But thank you uh, to, for tuning in, and thank you for tuning in to our Red River special. Guys, this is always one of our most important episodes of the year because Definitely. this is always the defining game of every Texas season. No matter what the record is, it's 0-0 zero and zero. every single Saturday at 11 a.m. Once we get to that State Fair Park, or yeah, State Fair. State Fair yeah. um, so without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. We're going to start with a little Texas, Kansas hit some Texas Red River preview, and finish off with a more informal introduction to ourselves. Definitely. Well, going back to Kansas, DKR was popping on Saturday. Big attendance, last home game for a little bit for the Texas fans, and Texas got the job done 40-14 to against Kansas. Kansas was playing without Jalen Daniels, who had muscle soreness before the game, was supposed to start as of Friday, didn't. He is the Big 12 preseason player of the year, big impact player. Unfortunately, didn't play, but Texas probably wins this game anyway with how well the offense was going. Quinn Ewers, 325 yards and a touchdown. Threw his first pick of the season, not really his fault. Kind of a Sark game planning and timeout management thing at the end of the second half. Forced a throw. He knew that it was a bad throw. We move on. Still only one pick on the year, which is the least in the Big 12. And Jonathan Brooks is the big story of the game for Texas. 218 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. And he has gone off to a flying start for Texas. Already over 1,000 yards in on, the, on his career. And I think one of the highest all-purpose yards in the country, definitely in the Big 12. And he is just off to a great start. Over seven yards per carry. He is just bringing out big run after big run. And a lot of they were saying is that he's faster than Bijan, actually, which is funny because he's such a big body player. But that's what Barron said. Mm -hmm. I think that's what Quinn Ewers said. Uh, a lot of guys loving uh, Jonathan Brooks. So what was your impression of the game and him? I think, I mean, my first impression is obviously, you know, with Jalen Daniels, and it's a different game. Mm -hmm, I still think Texas winning by double digits. Yeah. I just, I think for those of you that didn't know, we previewed it as kind of being a 10 point. Kind of a 10 point. We both thought it was going to be a high scoring close game. Definitely. And I mean, if Jalen Daniels had been in there, it would have definitely been a different game. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't on my phone at all before the game. So I was a little thrown off when I was like, hey, yeah. wait a minute. That's not Jalen Daniels. Yeah, we heard it in the press box. <laughs> What's going like, on here? <laughs> we heard it in the press box. I was hearing, like, oh, Daniels not playing. It's Bean. And I'm like, what? And then we saw yeah. on Twitter, yeah, all the news was dropped. And you know, this is not to knock Bean at all, because Bean actually has had success mm -hmm. in the past as a starter for Kansas. He played last year when Daniels had injury. But honestly, it kind of sucks, because now we're actually never going to get to see Jalen Daniels and Kansas at full strength against Texas. Because mm -hmm. last year he was out last year. Mm -hmm. Bijan ended the game in the first half. This game was over five minutes left in the third. So 
our last two times in the Big 12, we'll never actually get to see that full Kansas team. Yeah. Which is honestly such a knock because I'm such a fan of what Lance Leopold was doing out there. He's doing a great job. And this Big 12 is wide open for them in the next few years. Absolutely. Well, let's see what Dion has to say about yeah, that. Yeah, let's see what Dion comes in. I mean, if we're being real, Dion's only going to be there for one or two more years. Yeah, though. probably. And he's going to go. NFL. Dion Sanders will not be the Colorado head coach in three years. No. Con- can confidently say that. I mean, I think you're right. The guy that we want to talk about is Jonathan Brooks. But also, I want to talk about that Quinn has his favorite weapons even when Jatavian Sanders left. Yeah. Uh, that injury happened, what, like in the second quarter? I believe so, the second quarter, yeah. He kind of just left right before happened and come back, yeah. correct? An ugly-looking injury for Sanders, if you guys saw it. I mean, he yeah. tried to get up three different times and fell down. Might not play on Saturday. Him and Ryan Watch are still kind of day-to-day. I haven't heard anything new. I think I'll hear on Thursday about that. But so I've heard, one yeah. big thing was that Adonai Mitchell got involved again. They really – you could see Sark wanted that to happen. First drive, I think he had three design targets, and all of them were completed for good. I think all of them were first downs, and he played really well. He only had five catches since Alabama total, yeah. and then he got that, I think, in the first half. So he played really well. Worthy, still getting double-teamed every play. But he's finding people to throw to, and – very importantly, he's using his legs, especially on that first touchdown of the yeah. game. Yeah. I'm just saying, I called it. I did say it was going to be a breakout for AD Mitchell. Yeah, you did. I did I feel good that about that. Uh, and obviously, we can talk more about Sanders and Ryan Watts when we mm-hmm. get into Red River. But with my expectation already, and like I said, we can bring it up again if we have to, but my expectation is the word day-to-day means that there's no way he's not going for this game. <sighs> That's the hope. But you also know Sark. If, if Sark had any confidence he's playing, he's saying, yeah, we're getting JT out there. Yeah. So I'm still a little... Still a little concerned, and that's a big blow. I mean, just it's a very different passing game where you don't have Stan- Sanders running up the middle. I mean, we're always running our two tight end set, too, mm-hmm. and that just really changes Gunner the Helm, game. My favorite player. That was about to bring that up. I was like, that opens up a guy who's already, I think, already surpassed his career catch total this I think season, so, correct? Yeah. yeah. It opens up the floor for a guy like Gunnar Helm to get it going against Oklahoma, who's proven that he has worthy hands. So mm-hmm. obviously, you don't want to lose a player like Jatavian Sanders, but you do know that Texas has that next man up mentality with Gunnar Helm. Well, and it's also one thing that Texas is so good at is being flexible you know when one player is not going they have different abilities and different ways to put in the backup tight end for texas after helm is malik ogbo who's a defensive or an offensive lineman mm-hmm. he's a big guy about 315 pounds but he can catch the ball they're not going to get thrown the ball a lot but he can and it's really good for the running game i mean jonathan brooks is an extra alignment out there he's a better blocker than sanders so if sanders can't play just expect to see a lot of brooks again and i think that's fine i think it's fine but i'm going to say my expectation is that sanders is rolling out yeah there. Ryan Watts, I do feel less confident about. Mm-hmm. He's been tweaked up a little bit this past few games, and yeah. he's also struggled a little bit this year. But OU, which we'll get into later, has some big body receivers, so we were hoping he's he's ready. Baylor kind of took the top off of him a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Baylor little bit. took the top off of Watts a little bit, and it kind of made him. I've to say this, I've not been the biggest fan of Ryan Watts this season. Yeah, but he's struggling a little bit. It's fine, and we'll once again address that later on. But I think the thing we have to talk about is that Quintavious Young. Quintavious, Quintavious Vince Young Colt, Ewers. Colt McCoy Ewers Young. Quint Colt McCoy Sam Ellinger Vince <laughs> Young Ewers. Quinn Ewers getting Ricky it Williams. done. The first touchdown of the game. Quinn Ewers sees the pressure in the pocket. He says, huh, huh. Boom. Takes off, uses his legs, just walks into the end zone for what? Testosterone 20, 20, pumping. 23 touchdowns. I think it was 29 yards on that run. 29. Last touchdown of the game. A naked bootleg Quinn Ewers diving for the pile on. Can you believe it? No, because I can't. Because Quinn is just that Two rushing good. Two for him. Yeah. Quinn is that good. It's always just cool seeing a pile on dive. You love to see a quarterback pile on dive. But I, I love that. Did you say and pumping? Yeah. Yeah, it uh, was. <laughs> I, uh, I liked how the first touchdown, he goes up to the text crowd says, yeah, yeah, you guys like that? He just, he knew he had that run. And I don't think he knows he's as fast as he is. 
It's I mean, Chick Fil A. It looked like he was probably hitting seventeen or eighteen. I could yeah, see. They, yeah, the, the reporters were like, "You hit twenty miles an hour." He's like, "I don't know." Quinn doesn't give the most uh, most interesting response. Most like in depth responses. <laughs> you ask Quinn a question. Yeah, it's just a good team win. What is what does Kelly say? They're kind of just they fit the stereotype. They of fit football the stereotype player. of football players. <laughs> no, he's a smart guy. He just doesn't he just doesn't talk much. But hey, um, they aren't big talkers. The football team, but I mean Quinn, it's just. Him having those legs just adds such an extra level to this offense. Seriously, yeah. And it's something that, you know, the entire season we kept hearing, Quinn's faster, Quinn's stronger. But my entire thing was I've never really seen Sark have a quarterback like that where he's going to, like, sprint out with his quarterback. But he seems to have a guy like that now. It's just, like I was saying, there's so much flexibility in this offense, so much motion play. But there's three elite wide receivers. You add Jonte Cook, two really good running backs. Cedric Baxter had a really good game. Yep. Kind of a bounce back game for himself. Yeah. Um, 67 yards it was. And Ewers is using his legs. He's using his arm. Sanders and Helm are both useful. You can put in Ogbo. There's just so much going on. And one thing I really liked was they got at the goal line and – they were converting when they were inside the five. They're using their heavy set even without Sanders, and Brooks was able to waltz in. I do want mm. to touch on a few things that were a little concerning on the game. Cause yeah, let's hear it. Absolutely. Uh, Burt Auburn is uh, interesting <sighs> to me. He's definitely something to look out for because uh, he's yeah. been struggling a little bit this year. I think he has five field goals missed already, 9-14. I, I think it's outside of the th- outside of 40 yeah or like once we get like he's, past he's struggling yards. on that he yeah. doesn't have the leg this year to get those field goals he had two field goal misses this game and that's gonna be a big concern because it feels like every red river river rivalry game there's a, a field goal just a field goal that wins the game for a team and cameron dicker when he hit his big one in uh 2018 was also struggling with auburn so there's still there's still reason to be uh, excited and, and i mean okay with him but i gotta ask because you would know is there a chance we see Will Stone at no, all on Saturday? No Sarkeesian completely shut that, that down. No Will Stone. Sorry uh, sorry to some people who I know that, uh, that are big Will Stone fans, but uh, I w- I'm a little concerned. I will say that I like that Sark put that confidence in his kicker, though. Oh, yeah. There was no hesitation. Like, Sark saying, I know you're struggling. Like, come on. Like, I get it. Like, I like that Sarkeesian had that confidence in him to eliminate any sort of doubt. But... For me, I was going to bring that up because, once again, special teams has to be a talking point with the Texas yeah. team. Our kickoffs, fantastic. Pretty good punting game, once again. Wasn't a bad punt overall. Sanborn's great. Yeah, I'm awesome. He's him. from Stanford? Stanford. Yeah, Stanford he's from Stanford. Stanford. Once again, another great performance for him. But Burt has now missed a good amount of field yeah, goals Yeah, I believe it is 9 for 14 is, is the number. I think that's what C.J. Vogel tweeted out. We've left, we've left some points out there on the field this yeah. year. And, which, I mean, Worthy and Whittington, the game before against Baylor, had t- – Hunt muffs. I mean, it's definitely – there's definitely some concern with the special Keelan, teams game. Keelan also muffed his yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Special teams is definitely our weakest point right now. And you'd never want to say that in a game where, like you said, everything comes down to every single play, every single snap. One block and special teams can completely like change momentum for a team mm-hmm. because this OU game is all about momentum grabs. Definitely. The second you get That's one, you should is. grab it. And it's concerning. I want to bring up another point too when we're talking about the struggles of the game. Dude, what's going on with these first half woes in DKR? Seriously. What's going on there? You're I right. mean, the first three games of the season have the first three halves have been the worst Texas looked all through the season. And specifically this game, the second quarter, there were so many points left on the board. One yeah. of them was that missed field goal. Yep. Um, for me, the big one has been the red zone offense, and it's usually been good for Sarkeesian, but this game, two separate times they get to the eight. One was off the Jonathan Brooks big run, one was from a 10 play drive, and both times it's just really uninspiring play calling from Sarkeesian it's 
uh, kind of getting motion out but not getting receivers open. Brooks mm-hmm. got stuffed at the line, and then Ewers makes an almost pick on one of them. It was a lot of just weird weird decisions from Sark in that second quarter, not using his timeouts effectively. His play calling in general has just really been bad in the first half. And then he turns it on the second half, and you see why he's one of the best offensive coaches in the league, but in the, well, I guess in the country is long yeah. term. But, uh, yeah, it's just weird. The second quarter, he just loses creativity. And uh, it's good that he makes adjustments to his plan, and he knew. I think they had, like, 300 sling yards in the first half, but oh, yeah. they, just weren't, they weren't executing. I think that's why it's a good sign that they put up 40, and I think they could have put up 50 or more, but – there was definitely some problems in that second quarter that needs to be addressed before OU. Definitely. But, I mean, while we do have to give some love, though, this was the most ever yards they've ever had against mm-hmm. a Big 12 opponent. Yeah. I mean, they were they drove down the field. It was 90% of the drive they were doing great. Jonathan Brooks had those big runs. But that last little bit, they need to be able to convert in the red zone. And They do. That, that's the thing that played to OU in the early part of last year's game before it became a blowout was mm-hmm. turnover in the in uh, yeah. Texas territory. Yeah, fourth. Yeah. yeah, not getting on fourth down, throwing a pick, fumbles. Texas can't do that against Oklahoma this year. Definitely. And, I mean, I think overall, um, you're happy with the game overall. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, it's a great performance for the Texas Longhorns. It's exactly what we needed. It, You know, I don't really care about, yeah, it was their backup. He's still a good backup. Mm-hmm. He still could probably yeah, play D1 ball somewhere. And, you know, this all this noise that comes at us, this noise comes at us because it is Texas. If it was any other team in the nation, people wouldn't be saying the things they're saying. And I think you just have to kind of – Blow it off. I think you kind of just have to ignore it all. So, I'm so tired of the Twitter narratives I'm seeing from Oklahoma fans. Oh, my it's, God. Oh, we're going to talk about oh those. Oh, my God. Don't, don't you worry. We're going to talk about those. But, I mean, you've got a question here written down for me. And I guess we can talk about this before we jump into it. But mm-hmm. We saw some shaky te- plays from teams this weekend. I mean, Georgia went to Auburn. I don't think it's that crazy that in a young quarterback's first game on the road in a tough, tough environment, even though it was Auburn who's not been great, that they struggled a little bit. But it was basically Brock Bowers versus Auburn at the end of the game. They I, did not look like a number one team. I don't know, man. I mean, you can say you can make that excuse, but also look how they struggled against South Carolina. Too, yeah, they two struggled to get out into the game. They, they only can win in the third and fourth quarter. Michigan's not really played anybody. They look good, but those are the only two teams ahead of Texas. Ohio State's look decent to this point. They have like, a big win, but Florida State struggled at this point. It just feels season. like there's not one elite team this year like it's been with Georgia. Yeah, and I think that begs a question: Is Texas the number one team? No. No? No. Texas, in my eyes, is not the number one team in the nation because, yes, you have the two AP Top 25 wins because you do have all these double-digit wins, but you haven't beat the one opponent that has had your number for about the last six years. Mm-hmm. And Barring you know, about two games. Barring much. about two games, yeah. And But, of course, you know, one was a blowout, but one took an all-time performance by Sam Ellinger to get it done. Yeah, so, not the defense for sure. Not the defense. So, for me, the question that gets begged is the same question that, you know, Ryan Day heats hearing. He hates hearing this question, Ryan Day being the Ohio State head coach, is why can't you get it done? Why can't you beat Michigan? I think the question for Texas has to be, this is the first time since 2008, 2009, that you have the chance to go back-to-back against OU. So show us that you're that good. I'm not saying you're as good as 2019, but show us you're that good, that you're going to go and you're going to beat Oklahoma. And if you can beat Oklahoma this weekend, then I truthfully believe that Texas deserves, I don't think they will get it, but I think Texas deserves a chance to be the number one team in the yeah. nation. I also don't think there's a reason to say they aren't the 2009 team. This team is talented like that. Yeah. You know, they just haven't played the full season out. That's what, you know, we're waiting for. But they beat Oklahoma, and you start saying this is the number one team. This is giving shades of that team. I think they can do it, and obviously we'll get into that. Yeah. I do get what you're saying. I will say, given what teams have done in the first five games of the season, I do think Texas has been the best team in the nation. I really do. I think they've beaten – I mean – 
uh, people can talk about a week Alabama. A week Alabama is still better than what Michigan's played. Still better than a and Still better than what George. Yep. Still better than what George. That was all bad. My bad. It's okay. Uh, uh, still better than what George has been playing against. Ohio State beat Notre Dame, but are we really saying Notre Dame's better than Alabama so much that it erases Texas beating Kansas, Texas blowing out other teams? We're not. I think the first five weeks, it's fair to say Texas is the most deserving. I think Texas has been the most impressive team, though. I'll give you that. But who, I, who has played better than Texas? Not Georgia. Not Michigan's Georgia. Played no one. Not Michigan. No one's played better than Texas. I don't care if they, you know, the rankings don't matter until week nine, but yeah. no one's played better than Texas has. I mean, I think for, I think my issue is the same issue that I have as other like reporters in the nation, which I forgot who said it, but someone made a very good point about it is that your judgment's clouded based off of last year and prior years. And I think my judgment's still clouded based off of yeah, Texas. I get that. And I think that's why I fundamentally can't say this team's the number one team until I see it. Yeah, I know what you mean. So, I just I think it's unfair that people will harp on Texas for being like the media's darlings, which they're ESPN's darlings and they're good. We saw it on Twitter and Instagram when they beat Alabama. Yeah. But they ESPN and the big corporations like them, the general public will underrate them until they win a national championship. Absolutely. I, in my opinion, I think it, rightfully so. They've been awful the last nine years. Let's be real. But have they really deserved to not be like? even in the consideration. This is a in-the-consideration team, which is as much as we could ask for. But, I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we can go to Oklahoma It's a college football playoff team. Yeah. Uh, last thing before we go away from yeah. Kansas, player of the game. Oh, Jonathan Brooks. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. I would say Brooks, too. Yeah. Uh, I'll take Brooks or A.D. Mitchell. One thing I do want to address, though, bad, bad day to be one of our defensive linemen. First <laughs> time we haven't seen them not sack anybody in a while. Yeah. Um, they were, uh, apart from, like, the one um, option play that Kansas ran, they were pretty good. It's they just were, the sacks. They were great. We just had to pick up on the sacks, but we'll talk about that in a minute. I don't but, know if you saw it. I, would, I don't want to shout one play. Did you see the Baron Sorrell coverage play? No. I so, didn't. Baron Sorrell, they had a running back wheel route, and he was the de- designated on the running back. And I don't think they thought the running back was going to go 20 yards downfield. Sorrell, who's, like, a big boy, yeah. ran from the D-line, set down as a D-lineman all the way and covered the pass and caused an incompletion. Great play from him. Also, Jalen Catalan. Had that huge hit and a pretty good game, but those that, are guys that, that we need to perform. The, that score, that score was that ridiculous. was stupid. That score was ridiculous that they scored on that. Yeah. Also, the play where they had like the fifty-eight yard touchdown. Big holding. Big right face, there. yeah, face right back, there, yeah. pulling him to the other side. It's okay. We know we're not going to get. The we're calls. not butt hurt. <laughs> we know we're not getting the calls from the refs, but we also know that another team won't get the call from the refs either, and we're going to jump right into it. It is on it's our hate t- week, baby. It is hate week. Um, it is 6:25 on Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023, and OU still, still sucks. sucks. Yeah, that was a good year. That wasn't prompted. That was good. We didn't know that was happening. Look, guys, everything we've said to this moment, everything we've said about this team, I've said it this entire season because I didn't think we were going to beat Alabama. We go in Tuscaloosa, we upset them, and I don't care what anyone says about Jalen Milrow. He's a good quarterback. Nick Saban well. still has a top five program in the entire United States, and I fundamentally believe that. I think Bama's just having a down year, same as Georgia. The game that matters every year is the game that takes place in Dallas, week six, first weekend of October at 11 a.m. Turkey legs wrapped in bacon, funnel cake. We're not worried about that right now. <laughs> and that game is this Saturday, and that is where Texas has the chance to prove to themselves. I feel like they already know it. But it's a chance they have them to prove to everybody in the nation, whether it's your Twitter insiders or ESPN, Fox, On3, 247. Everybody's going to be there. And as much as everyone hates to say it, all eyes are on Texas. Yeah. Because this game is going to go a long way into deciding, are we a contender? Are we going to the college football playoff? 
is this team good enough to win a national championship? I think all three of those questions can be answered on Saturday. And I think that by the time this game's over, we will have that answer. Because on Saturday, Texas, a team with two AP top 25 wins, a team that is 5-0, is traveling to Dallas to play the team from Norman, Oklahoma, who, yes, has a very good quarterback, a very good offense, a defense that has a couple weaknesses and has zero AP top 25 wins. But that doesn't matter because it's the Red River. And in that game, not one single stat will matter because of how much, like, Hatred and respect there is at the same time. I mean, rivalry games like this, it doesn't matter what the teams it are doesn't. the rest of the season. It's always its own little thing. I mean, this is this is your Michigan OU. Or yeah. OSU. Yeah. Well, the old Alabama-Auburn games. Yeah. Um, I will say, I don't think there's going to be a single game all year, except for maybe those the late Big Ten games with Penn State, OSU, and Michigan, that is going to mean more just in general for the college football world because yeah. Texas wins this game, and it doesn't matter what the score is. Just whoever wins this game. Texas wins. They go to number two or number one. They mm-hmm. are for real. Yep. They have an easy road through the Big 12 in theory. Obviously, it's, it's yeah. Texas. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as a top three team, you, you're not seeing any top 25 opponents in the future until, like, TCU, maybe Kansas State. Um, I and mean, for, not even at that point. Cause, well, they might be at, they might yeah. get up there. But, but the talent drop-off so far in the Big 12. But for Oklahoma, I'll say it for them, as much as I don't want to praise them, say they win this game, they vault into the top five because they're – their big critique right now is, okay, your top 10 in offense, top 10 in defense, who have you played? But say they play Texas, beat them, they both look good. I mean, Oklahoma will have gone from the least talked about team in college football to the most talked about team in college football. Yep. And Dylan Gabriel will have a lot, a lot of legacy to be written. But I definitely think we should get into the preview of the game more than the post of the game. I think we have to. And I think we have to start that this game, it all goes back to last year when Dylan Gabriel was announced the week before that he was going to be out with injury. Mm-hmm. They roll out. Oh my God! What was his name? Oh, don't ask me, the dude. Name of that what guy. was his name? Not General Booty. Not General. Um, oh wow! I believe it's on, he's still on their roster. I right? can't even remember their quarterback. Oh my God! Who was? Uh, uh, well, I'll look it up. Okay, perfect. I mean, it all goes back to last year when Texas rolls out against this Oklahoma team with a brand new head coach, lost a lot of players in the portal, and Lincoln Riley left for USC. Um, Davis Bevel. Was Davis his name. Bevel. I forgot about him. And Davis Bevel, who was obvious. From the start, he was not supposed to be in that game. No. He recognized that. Had an absolutely poor performance. And Quinn Ewers had his best game as a Texas Longhorn that whole season. One of his like, only like two strong games he had. A great game from Bijan Robinson. A great game from Jordan Whittington. And the best we saw that defense look. However, both these teams are so fundamentally different now. They really are. This yeah. Texas offense would absolutely wash last year's Texas offense, and I really believe that. Oh, true, true. This defense is so much better than last year's Texas defense, but so is this Oklahoma offense and this Oklahoma defense. These are two completely different teams, and I think we got to start where it's all going to be one, which is, you know, it's the old adage, but it's one in the trenches. Yep. And, I mean, let's hear it first. What are we thinking about that uh, about that Oklahoma Sooners defensive line? I mean, I don't know if the Oklahoma Sooners have a standout player apart from they've Stutzman, who's probably the best middle linebacker in the big 12, not named Jalen Ford. Um, that's always been a thing with Brett Venable's defense. As you think about Clemson is that one middle linebacker is always good, but their D line and their defense in general rotates a lot of dudes and yeah. they keep themselves fresh. Same thing that Texas does really. If you look at Venables and Sarkeesian, the way they've constructed their teams, it's very similar. A lot of rotation on defense, a lot of pre-snap motion on offense, and a lot of people can catch the ball and make plays. And you're going to see a D-line of some transfers, a lot of not familiar faces, and all these guys are upperclassmen. These are big dudes who are seniors, transfers, juniors. All these people are big playmakers. And I think that's where you're going to see the first huge test for Texas's offensive line. You could say Alabama, but 
Alabama coming in was not the D-line that you're used to of Alabama back when like Marcel Darius was there. Uh, this is going to be a, a defensive line that we're going to see some struggle with for Texas, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think that there will be some struggles, but I am going to have to say that I am just going to put my trust in who our offensive team is and mm-hmm. who Kyle Flood has built this team to be. Yeah. I mean, this team, this Texas team, I mean, you look at it, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to make a direct shot call out to Quinn Ewers because since Alabama, you've honestly yet to do a lot through the air. You have not had to do a lot through the air because we've been able to rely on our ground game. And I think that's exactly what Texas is going to do. They're going to establish that ground game pretty early on. And they're going to show that, yeah, we can just punch you in the mouth, which is where I believe that in the second quarter and on, this is going to become the Quinn Ewers game. Yeah. I think in the second quarter, Texas is going to be able to kind of, you know, they're going to have to take the top off a little bit. And I think that's where we're going to see Quinn Ewers really shine through. And I think that that's going to turn, turning over to our, our offensive line, I think our, in terms of, uh, we can evaluate each one by a position, mm-hmm. but Texas offensive lineman versus Oklahoma D line. I'm Texas taking the Texas O line. Yeah, and I think this is where DJ Campbell is really important because yeah. he's coming in as a replacement. Already in the season, kind of knew he was going to be the one A one B, but he had a really good game last week. I thought. Yep. And he has to keep that up. He's the most inexperienced guy on the line, the only guy who's inexperienced on that line. Uh, it, it puts a lot on him, but I, I agree with you. I think this is still one of the better O lines that is in the Big Twelve, probably the best. I think so, Banks has to step it up too, um, man. Yeah, I think I need yeah. some more out of Kelvin he's, he's not giving yeah. up sacks as much, but it's it's definitely the left side running is a little bit weaker. Yeah. So uh, I agree with that. I definitely think uh, the the wide receiver matchups on both sides are going to be important. <laughs> the, the secondary and the wide yeah. receivers uh, for Texas, it's obvious that Xavier Worthy is the number one priority for Oklahoma. He's yeah. just you know his his career started off in that Oklahoma game really in in his freshman year. Uh, he Screen he had ass. some. He has some wheels, and they know that. They're very aware of how good Xavier Worthy is. I think it's going to be another game where he might not show up on the stats because he's getting double teamed so much, but it's going to be a lot of Mitchell. It's going to be a lot of Whittington. It's where you see the, the really mm-hmm. experienced guys show up. Yep. And hopefully JT Sanders. Hopefully. JT hopefully. Sanders. You know, I'm actually going to talk about another guy too, though, mm-hmm. because the thing is, you know, you look at Oklahoma's defense, and I don't think they're going to do it for Texas, but I think they will at one point. I think once they do, Sark's waiting. Sark's sitting on it because Oklahoma is one of those teams that isn't afraid to make every single one of their DBs and CBs go ISO. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid to yeah. do it. They're not afraid to send seven guys. And Quinn Ewers against the Blitz this year has been one of the best in the Big 12. Exactly. When Quinn Ewers only has that 2.3 seconds, he can get it done. He's shown that he's not proven just to get smacked in the face. He's not scared to get hit in the face. Watch for John Ty Cook. Yeah, that's a very fair I, point. I actually, yeah. I really do think that Sark, you know, you know Sark, you know his bag. You know I he's got a cook play. He's, he's got, got a cook play. play. I think Sark's ready for Xavier to run a little one-on-one. All of a sudden, a safety's going to flip out, maybe miss an assignment, flip back. Mm-hmm. Jonte's going to spring somewhere open. Yeah. I can totally see Jonte Cook popping off. But if Ryan Watts is not good to go, mm. Jalen Catalan, Gavin Holmes, Malik Muhammad. Malik Muhammad, yeah. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even mention I'm, 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 James Brooks, Johnny Barron. Oh, well. Johnny Barron. Yes, I mean, well, Johnny yeah. Barron as well. But you know, like a little safety linebacker. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, those guys have to be ready to go, mm-hmm. and we can't get beat on these deep balls because once again, this entire Red River preview, what Red River is about, it's about guys like Marvin Mims who has done it to us in the past for a couple of years now. It's guys like that who have always exposed Texas on these plays that they make these insane, you know, kind of bullshit catches. That nobody's ever bringing it down, but you're bringing it down if you're playing Texas. Yeah. And our defensive line, our defensive backs, and our safeties 
have to stay strong and disciplined, and we can't give up any penalties. Yeah, I think their receiving core is definitely something to look out for, uh, who we're not going to see much play of because he can't even break into the OU uh, wide receiver core. is little old trader Brennan Thompson. Ha-ha. No one likes you. They, actually, they asked Johnny Barron on interviews on Monday, oh, are you going like, to talk to Brennan Thompson? And he's like, yeah, I might, I might talk to him after the game. I don't think they like him. Um, but this is a group that has about four deep wide receivers, kind of similar to Texas. They have their little Hunter Renfro type and Drake Stoops, who leads the team in catches. Andrew Anthony, who I know a lot of because as a freshman, he was lighting it up for Michigan, transferred mm. this year. He's mm. now a junior, and he's been their kind of best pass catcher, their intermediate game. They have Jalil Farouk, who's kind of just – he's just kind of a slant guy. And then the big dude I'm going to talk about, who I also talked about in an article I wrote this week, is uh, Nick Anderson for Oklahoma. Yeah. He's a sophomore, played, got one touch last year but he's been their deep play guy against Tulsa three catches 120 yards three touchdowns so obviously Tulsa's not Texas but he is their big play getter he's 6'4 he's fast that's gonna be a big loss if Ryan Watts is in there because Watts is the only like plus size defensive back that they have guy who can match up with the height so expect him to get kind of this jaunty treatment of shot plays and a young dude who could make a huge impact in his first Red River rivalry game god dude they're their receiving core is scary. It is. Yeah. Their, their receiving core does scare me. It's not quite as good as Texas's, but it's definitely a little underrated because they've really Oklahoma's been talked about at all this year because they haven't played yeah. in, important teams, but they're a sneaky top 12 team. Well, I mean, I think it's time for us to talk about then as we're going position battle by position battle, Texas DB versus Oklahoma, or excuse me, Texas DB versus Oklahoma wide receivers. Who you got? Um, it, I think it becomes a Watts thing. I really do think really? Watts is uh, is the important factor here. I, I know it's kind of a cop-out answer, but he's good to go. I think the Texas defense has it. If he's not, there's going to be a lot of throwing the ball for Oklahoma, which they do anyway. They don't run very much. They don't. Uh, I think that for that round, I'm taking Oklahoma. Okay, yeah, so, that's fair. All right, what's our next one? I think our next last one is there. There's four. We can run four. You can talk QB battle, too. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, guess QB so we battle. we talk run game and QB battle. I mean, I think Ewers and Dylan Gabriel are – pretty similar players in general. They're, they don't make a lot of mistakes. They like to air the ball out a little bit, but have pretty good accuracy. Dylan Gabriel's accuracy is, I think, 76%. Right now, he's, he's slinging the ball, but uh, I think I still favor yours, but it's close. Okay. I think that I'll, I'll read you off his, uh, his line, actually, for the season. So Dylan Gabriel currently boasts a pretty impressive rating of 189. Uh, he's completing the ball for 75% of his passes, only two interceptions Close. on the season, almost 1,600 yards through mm-hmm. the air, 15 touchdowns, and he's averaging about 318 a game. Yeah. Which is um, so Tulsa does to you. pretty absurd. Uh, now, Quinn on the season, also very respective in his own rights. Um, he's going ahead and completing 66% of his passes, only one interception, 10 touchdowns, five on the ground. I forgot to mention Gabriel has four on the ground. Yeah, so he's yeah, a good Gabriel's runner. A little, Gabriel's a little pesky. Uh, 51 yards, and he averages 271. But, of course, that takes me back to my point that Ewers, to this point, has only needed a proven that he has the arm once this season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's I, kind I, of I still a think, toss-up. I still think it's there. You know, he's still, he's still trying to get the ball deep, and if they're going to c- cover worthy, they're going to give him blankets over the top. Who cares? Give give those Adonai Mitchell 15-yard routes that were really working against Absolutely. Kansas. I don't think they have to air it out. Obviously, they will they will make those plays to, to get Cook and get Worthy there. I don't think this has to be an air-out game, and I still think if Sanders is not running, this will be a heavy dosage of Jonathan Brooks for three quarters. I love that, and I think that's – um, you know, I feel like we've almost been in a way could kind of containing Baxter for that moment too. Mm-hmm. Baxter, yeah. I mean, I think he's got to be at full strength now. We've had two weeks to get him back into the offense. Yeah. Had a couple confidence runs against Baylor. Had a decent game against Kansas. Confidence is up. Go ahead in there. 
put the true freshman in there, see what he can do. And he needs to really step it up in the passing game, in my opinion. That was yeah. supposed to be the thing that differentiates yeah. him from Brooks, and Brooks has been better this year. I need to see some screen passes. I need to see a little bit out of the backfield, wheel routes, little cut-ins. Uh, he's got to be more of a threat in the passing game because if he's on the field, it usually means they're going to run it because you know if they put him on for his running plays and put Brooks on if they want to pass or block. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely he needs to step it up a little bit in my opinion, but I still I think it's going to be mostly Brooks. Okay, I like that, and I also, I mean, it's, I feel like Brooks are solidified number one back at yep. this point. Yeah, hundred percent. So, but if we can get that one-two rotation, I'm all about Absolutely it. Totally fine with it. Uh, when it comes in terms of quarterbacks, though, I think when you look at it from a pure talent standpoint, I mean, Quinn Ewers. You know, everyone says a lot. Everyone's got a lot to say about Quinn Ewers. Yeah. I, for one, have the most to say about Quinn Ewers more than anybody else in the nation because mm-hmm. I have never not been high on the guy. Even when he struggled, I was always like, Quinn Ewers is our guy. I've always said that. I'm a fundamental believer in who he is. And I think that Quinn Ewers, we talk a lot about Texas not rising to the occasion. I would argue against that when it comes to Quinn Ewers. When you look at what he did against Alabama last year as essentially a true freshman, mm-hmm. for one and a half quarters, he was whooping on that Alabama defense. Yeah. And it took him getting hurt for him to not be able to play. Yes, obviously, once he eventually came back, he did have his struggles in the latter half of the season. That was evident. But also, I mean, injury, he was overweight, he was on polish. There was a lot to say. But when he came in last year against Oklahoma, he had no struggles going against that defense. Oh. This year against Bama, he says, you know what? F it. I'm going to just do my thing. <laughs> And he goes on, has an incredible second half, not for one second ever doubting who he was, proving just how talented he is of a thrower and what he can do. His eyes, they don't move. Beautiful. You know, his eyes are just there, and there's a little quick throw. And he rose the occasion there, and he hasn't played bad at all once this season. So I think Quinn has this ability to rise to the occasion that, you know, erases a lot of what people say about Texas. Definitely. So for me, I love him. But I am going to give Dylan Gabriel the edge in this. Okay. Time. So I'm going to say Dylan Gabriel outlasts the QB. And I will say, as much as um, you know, the pressure is on Quinn, Oklahoma's defense has a lot of pressure on them this game to yeah. kind of be on. It's kind of fraud watch for them. It, you it, talk it about is. his last two games in the Sarkeesian era. First one, Casey Thompson's in, and they decimated that Oklahoma defense. I mean, Texas, all things considered, was dominant for most of that game. They obviously choked it, and that was also kind of remember Thompson game. didn't finish the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was, you know, a lot. The Texas offense was doing so good against Oklahoma that first year, and then obviously Ewers put up 49, and they had that in the third quarter. So, yeah. I, I mean, OU has to show that they can figure out Sarkeesian, or else it could it could end up where they're just, the offense is just humming, and it's just over. But I yeah. think that obviously there's going to be more response than there has been in the last two years. But they've never shown to be able to stop a Steve Sarkeesian offense, and that gives me some confidence. Well, here's my point. Uh, I've listened to a lot of Oklahoma Sooner <laughs> yeah, you have. Uh, podcast um, a lot, too much. It hurt me. Um, and, you know, the big thing they're saying is that Venerables actually this year has become less focused on the offense, mm-hmm. where he's taking the time down the timeouts. He's actually not even talking to his quarterback at all. He's with his defense. Which, you know, on one hand is like, okay, that's where the defense has improved. But also, it kind of points out to me that, okay, there's a little bit fundamental discrepancy then between your offense and your defense. Yeah. Because as a head coach, I get that, that you can be defensive-minded, like Mike Tomlin. Or yep. you can be an offensive genius like Sean Payton. But you can have, okay, former offensive former genius Former offensive like genius. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I'll but be off you have to have that confidence in your coordinators, too. Mm-hmm. So for me, I mean... I mean, it comes down to mental. Maybe that's something we can ride to as well. But yeah, I who, are mean, the, who are you giving that advantage? That that Texas QB versus Dylan Gabriel. Oh, I still think yours. Okay, yeah. I think Sark's the better coach too. Quinn, I don't, I didn't, I didn't, I don't mean anything by you. I'm just, 
I care. I think Sark <laughs> Quinn clears uh, Venables and Gabriel, but also, you know, he doesn't call his own offense, so which we're not expecting him to. Yeah. But uh, Venables, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a clash of the offensive mind versus the defensive mind. Yep. And, you know, he's got to show that he can beat the offensive mind. So. And I, I think this last one's a wash. I don't really think we have to talk that much about it. When it comes to run game, Talent. I mean, I think Texas running game is so much more talented yeah. than Oklahoma's so, running game. Oklahoma just doesn't run the ball very much. It's, you know, they have a lot of guys they rotate, but right. it's not really a, a priority for them. And that's that's just going to be where the difference is in the play calling is you're going to see Oklahoma throw the ball 40 times this game for sure. I mean, so they're averaging four yards a ground on the game, which is fine. It's all good and all. But when you actually look at what they're projected to do against Texas, when you do like matchups, mm-hmm. uh, there's like these guys called the college football nerds. And they do like stat awards kind of. Yeah. And they put like... Based off of only your season and your opponents, uh, they, they put the two teams runs, together. Right? They're predicting Oklahoma average 2.8, 2.9. I mean, they're putting four yards of carry against these bum teams. No offense to Tulsa and Cincinnati. And no State. offense to Cincinnati. But um, <laughs> no, they're bad. Uh, but, you know, Jonathan Brooks is averaging nine yards of carry against Kansas, who's not a great defense. But, you know, Texas is all, a running game. It's just at a whole other level compared to them. I agree. And, all right, I think let's say. Let's jump into the rest of this, and let's give our score predictions. We're doing full predictions? All right. Uh, well, I mean, we got – let's see. We still got a few more things to see. Uh, I think we've kept up with most of it. Yeah, I think we've gone, gone through what we want to talk about. I okay. think it's let's, MVP of the game and score predictions. Let's do three things Texas needs to win, then score prediction. Um, we'll do three three score predictions. Yeah. Okay. First thing is health for Texas. I think they're coming in a little more banged up than uh, Oklahoma, and more injury would be catastrophic. Uh, I think – Number two is, I would say, big play elimination. I think the way you lose to teams where you're technically the favored team is you can't give up these big plays and get get their defense or their offense off the field quickly. And three, I do think it's a clock management thing. I think it's going to come down to, a lot of these games come down to, who has the ball last, who gets four possessions when the other team's getting three in the last bit. Yeah. I think these are going to be two teams that are scoring on a lot of their drives. So, you know, it's just controlling the ball, and that's where I think the run game does come in. And I think that's where I differ a little bit from you, where I think they should lean on it a little bit more. But, yeah, those are my three. I blacked out during your second one. Can you repeat that one? <laughs> my second one. So I had health. Second one is limiting the big plays. That's what it was. So, that's you know, was. not getting those over the tops. And third, you know, the game script. Well, Get I'm going to ride your second one. My That's my first point is not giving up the big plays. Mm. Too often, two times over the last few years, that's been Texas' biggest issue. I'm just going to say it. The best thing about college football that can help us is pass interference is only 15 yards. <laughs> if it's a 60-yard deep ball, dude, just shove, them, just shove them on the ground. It's it's more worth it than giving up the big play, taking off the top. I would be more cool with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. it gives your defense a chance to get reset. I'm actually going to do a little bit of a differentiation. I do agree with time management. However, I think there's going to be several points throughout the game where Texas will have the ability to capitalize because of Oklahoma – they need that time to hear what their defense wants because of how complicated that defense is. Yeah. Because of how fair. intricate that defense is. I think if Texas does hurry up, maybe like you pick up seven yards on first down, like seven yard after Jordan Whittington, mm-hmm. hurry up to the line, snap that ball, yeah, throw them off fair. their feet, get Jonathan Brooks for six yards, reset. And Just you can like definitely that. tell when Stark has drives specifically where he says, them, this is a hurry up drive and they'll, they work on those well. And I think that's good. And I think for me, it's also going to come down to your two minute drills and your special teams. Mm-hmm. Your two minutes. Special teams special is a good teams. shout. Yeah. Special teams is. I mean, we've said it. Cameron Dicker. I mean, let's. Uh, Jordan Sh- Jordan Shipley's done it where he swung momentum too. Yeah. There's so many opportunities to swing momentum, and it's going to be from guys like Xavier Worthy. Uh, we haven't been great at returning punts this year. It's happened a couple of times where he's been able to almost break one. But if his weight, if Worthy's able to break one, 
and he runs it to the Oklahoma end zone. Oh my god! Oh, it's gonna be electric. But I mean, I think for me, special teams is gonna be a big performance too. Uh, but I do like your point about time management. I think I think you can't deny the fact that if we can hold this ball for sixty five percent of the time, then nine times out of ten, you're saying Texas probably wins. Yeah, I think so. Well, I'm gonna say my sport score prediction. No, we're not doing drum roll. Both teams are going to be in the three. 35 to 30, Texas. Winning by five. Winning by five. Yep. What's the score at half? Oh, God. I hate those ones. <laughs> um, 10-17, Oklahoma. Okay. A little comeback. I like that. First half woes. Wait, no. It can't be 10-17 to because it's 7-17. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I I hope not. I, I hope not. Yeah. I hope not. Um first half was your pro program hasn't been relevant in fourteen years. Injuries. The Alabama team's a fraud. I mean, you could list everything we've ever heard. We hate you guys on Twitter. Yeah, no, for real. Um, definitely do. Yeah. The one thing that feels like it's a little bit different for me is I listen to everybody. I listen to Oklahoma's national audience. I listen to Texas' national audience. I listen to the guys who absolutely love to ride Texas. And I listen to the guys who absolutely love to despise Texas. And every single time I listen to every single one of them, all they talk about is, this has to be your prove-it game for Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. That's all they say. And not one Texas person, like personality, has ever denied that Oklahoma is a talented team. All they said is Texas is a talented team, and if they play their full strength, they can win. And I think that says something about us, because Oklahoma is making the excuse that you guys have played two or three backups. You guys have played a weak Alabama team. Jason Bean beat you guys last year. Yeah. Don't forget that. I think that this Texas team, and I think it's becoming a part of the culture itself here at the University of Texas at Austin, is that confidence in themselves and that idea of embracing the hate. Yeah. And I think inside that locker room, that hate's being embraced. I think Steve Sarkeesian, I think he knows what he wants to do, and I think he's going to do it. He's got that script cooking. He's got that script ready, and I feel like even if JT Sanders, you know, I really hope he is knock on wood ready to go. Yeah, seriously. But if he's not ready to go, it's a next man up offense. Mm -hmm. Quinn Ewers is ready to go. I mean, that guy, I mean, he's just a guy that you want to rely on, you want to believe in. Texas is winning the Red River game by a score of – 45 to 32. So you're going a little bit, you're going to comfortable. Yeah. Halftime. This is, no, this is, this is tied at halftime. Tied at halftime? This is tied at halftime. This is your second half adjustment showing up. This is showing that you're ready to rise to the occasion. And this is showing why you're ready to be the number one team in the nation next and, week. And I do think there's something to be said that Venables this season hasn't been tested to make those adjustments. I mean, it just, you just go through these teams. It That's helps not. the Texas play good teams. It helps the Texas play good teams. And I think I'm ready for this year for the Texans to finally give us that prove game. Mm-hmm. So definitely, that's how I feel. I I, I kind of like that. I, yeah, I, I, I like that we're that we're both a little confident. You're a little more confident than I am. I think but it's not even confidence. It's just belief in the program. It's belief. Yeah. Praise. Win, lose, Praise or tie. Born still, I die. Well, that was cold. We have given you guys some good introductions to us uh, as far as our football minds go. Mm-hmm. You can actually Ball ask knowledge. Evan. This is actually the most I've actually ever been confident in the Texas program. Yeah, actually, he never predicts them to do well in these big games. Correct. I've actually predicted a little pessimist. I predict us to lose every single one of our big games. Yeah. Um, something feels different. Yeah. 
Uh, we have a new segment now. The uh, Texas. We do. I need to get my notebook out. Dating game uh, for you guys to give us a little introduction to the forty. Uh, this will be a little five minute segment. Give you guys a chance to get to know us, and Don't then we'll close out, and we'll be good to go. Uh, do you want to ask the first question, or should I ask the first question? Um, you know what? I'll ask the first question. All right. So the way this game works, guys, is both uh, we'll of us see the questions here. We're gonna write the answers and guess the other ones on paper, and then we will reveal at the end, and we'll discuss, and we'll hee hee ha ha. So. And Becca was helping us out a lot. It did do these questions. I'd say, for the last, I think we should do two more that you write, and we don't even see them. We can't even get ready for them. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. Like we have six down right now. I'm down for for one more. Each. I I agree. So Becca, so we'll just like bring you on, and we'll like I'll pull, I'll pull the mic towards you. Yeah. And yeah, I'll yeah. let you do it. Yeah. Also, yeah. Big shout out to our publicist, by the way, y'all. Uh, Rebecca, she's the one who's been fixing. Are like pretty bad social media that we yep. ran, yep. <laughs> so we're working on Thank that. You. Also, number three, we're both gonna know pretty easily. So yeah, we'll do least favorite. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah, sure. We'll do least yeah, favorite. We'll do All least right. favorite. Go well, for it. number one, JC. If you only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? I'll give you. I'll give you some time to write it down because I th- I need to think about my answer. Are we guessing for each other? No, I'm guessing for you. Oh, okay. If I could only eat one, you thing gotta write for it down. I'm not allowed life. to see it. But it needs to be written down, so yeah, you can't. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's so many options. I mean, there's Cabo Bob, there's Cava. Well, don't I mean, give me hints. Okay, well, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna go with this. Yeah, yeah. If I could only eat one thing for the rest of my life, what would I eat? What would you? Eat? What would I eat? And I feel like, you know, I think the one thing we neglected was thinking like, oh man, I wonder what our viewers are gonna do in the time that it's taking us to think. I thought you, you saw the questions. I thought you were thinking about them in your head. Dude, I was locked in on the horns. Okay, fine. Um, do I have to eat it every day? I'm giving you 10 seconds. Do I have to eat it every Ten, day? 10, 9, Son of a bitch. Eight, okay. seven. Are we looking at audio right now? Okay. I, have to like, I got it. I got it. All right. All right. I'm, can do a countdown. Three, two, one. Rapolo's Pizza. He got it. Yes! <laughs> I did not look. I was honestly looking away. I got it. Let's go. He did get it. Yeah. I knew that. We're too oh, locked in. We're too locked in. That was good. Oh, we're so locked in. All right. Second All right. question. All right, Richard. I know what this one is. All right, Richard. Uh, what is your favorite color? I am locked in. Please don't look at my hand right if you're watching this okay. video. All right. Can, can you give us a countdown from three? Three, two, one. Blue. Purple. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Purple's like the best of the two other good ones in, in red and uh, red and blue. I tried. Yeah, you were right. close. All right. Least favorite NFL team. Oh, cool. We'll That's an in. easy one. Come I on. think it's an easy That's one. That's an easy one. But, yeah. All right. Three, two, one. Falcons? Cowboys. Dude, I thought Falcons were worse than the Cowboys. It's because Bijan's there now. Oh, yeah. yeah. But definitely the Cowboys. Uh, shout out that loss to the Cardinals, idiots. Um, all right. <laughs> okay. Next one. This is actually a difficult one. Yeah. I feel like... Is this? Can you give me all a time? It, pro football. It is pro. Yeah, yeah. Not, okay. not, not. Uh, I've been around Texas for enough to have it all time. Well, I, I, I could have totally seen you being like Charles Woodson or something like I, that. He is way before me. Yeah. Okay. So okay, it's someone. Someone okay. that I've watched in my lifetime. Okay. You don't need to write it down. You can just say it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. Ready. Three, two, one. Troy Polamalu. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Troy Polamalu. Yeah. He knows. He knows. <laughs> The goat. We're Greatest so safety of all we're time. We're so locked. We're so locked. All right. JC. Oh, this is a group exercise. All right. 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. How about we write down one for each other then? What each other thinks is the most overrated player of all time in football history? 
Oh, okay. You see that? Or or, or do you want to? I was looking at number. No, I was looking at number six. Number six is a group activity for us to do together. Oh, so ten, I see. Ten seconds. Yeah. All right, number five. And this one's your question. Who is okay. who is the most overrated player of all time? NFL. NFL most overrated. Most player. overrated NFL player of all time. Oh, that's an easy one. Dude, like when you say overrated, is it like bust or is Over, it like no busts aren't overrated? Okay, well, like if everyone like was hyping him up. No, like who people think is good that you don't think is as good as people think is good. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, okay, I got one. <laughs> Not you can't. No, I'm ready. Comprehension. All right, three, two, one. Aaron Rodgers. I said Josh Allen. <laughs> you were close though. Aaron Rodgers was my second. <laughs> my my answer was gonna be Eli Manning. So. I would not have guessed that for you. Yeah, actually, Aaron Rodgers was my first, but I was like, Ugh. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is a popular one for a lot of people. I mean, Rodgers. It's not like he's overrated, just because he's like a jerk. So, okay, 10 seconds to draw a picture of each other. Okay. Can we get a timer going in the audience? Without please? looking at each other, draw a picture. I'd say 15 seconds. Only face, right? Yeah, only okay. face. Here we go. When are I going to start? Oh, we're going? Oh. I can't get his hair right. My pen's running out. Oh, my pen ran out. This is unfortunate. Eight, Yo. Nine. Oh, my pen okay, ran out. Okay, you show yours first. Wait, give me some time. I, let me use your pen. <laughs> my pen ran out. Okay, uh, I forgot what his hair looked like, so I just drew this. Uh, I hope the clips will enjoy it. Uh, insane Yahtzee, which is his uh, his favorite uh, his favorite slogan. <laughs> Boom. Jacob Campos right there. Let's see it. That's pretty accurate, yeah. That it's got is. the beard, it's got the goatee, which is the hair that you're going to chop off, right? So, yeah, huge news for guys. I'm leaving the 40-yard line. No. no. Um, yeah, tomorrow I am uh, shaving my beard and taking off the hair. I'm going Quintavious Ewers for Quintavious Red Quintavious Ewers. Yeah. I need to get a haircut. Real. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this one's so stupid. so dumb. Okay. <laughs> Next right. one. You're I, asking it right? Evan, what is your... Favorite William Defoe. Movie. It's Willem. We told you like fifteen times. I love Will. I am. What is my favorite Willem Defoe movie? Um. Okay, I think I know it. All right, Wait, three, two, one. Amazing Spider Spider-Man Goblin Man version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it. All right, <laughs> last one, Chasey. Your worst fear. I, th- I got one. I think it's... Don't do one that deteriorates my mental health. <laughs> do it, do it I can say a bad <laughs> one. Do it, do a different one. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, yeah. Three, two, one. Height? You're such an asshole. <laughs> I wrote Texas losing. No, not because oh, you're vertically challenged. It's because I thought you didn't like the heights. Oh, I thought it was because I was short. No, what, what do you think the fear of height means? No, it is. I do not like heights. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> God, this is the worst possible episode. This episode rocks. <laughs> this is sick. Um, yeah, no, Texas. Yeah, actually, he is. To be fair, he is correct. Heights actually are my biggest Yeah, that's fear. what I thought. I thought yeah. I had it. Uh, I feel like but I did pretty well this is one. Is it because I'm high up or is it because I'm on uneven ground? Because you're high up? No, uneven ground. So like you're on a you're on a hill you don't you're not like stairs. Oh, ladders. I see. Oh, yeah. that's a, that's valid. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, valid. yeah, yeah. Okay, Rebecca, what's our question? Next sure. Yeah. Okay. This episode's hey guys. awesome. Um, your question. Oh, hello. 
Um, your question is if you could get any like player from any other team, like like in any college, and move them to the Longhorns, what would it be? Oh, interesting. Oh, I like that. Okay, oh, I like mine's that. easy. For each other. Okay. Okay. I wrote mine down. I wrote mine down too. Who's okay? All right. Three. I'm gonna guess yours first, and okay. then you guess mine. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Travis Hunter. I wrote Travis Hunter. Yeah. You're a little oh, Travis Hunter fanboy. You're a little <laughs> Travis Hunter fanboy. You know me so well. I do. <laughs> yeah, we spent like five hours together when we watched football. You <laughs> we just yapping at each other. Okay. Yahtzee. Real. <laughs> All right. All right. I gotta think about. Wow. Okay. Mine should be obvious. Should it? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I don't know a lot of like players outside of Texas. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Blake Corum. Caleb Williams. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, icky. Well, he's like so much better than everyone else. No, I hate Caleb Williams. Icky. Okay. All right. Do you want to win a championship? You pick Caleb Williams. Fine. Fine. All right. All, All right. right. All right. All right. This guy gets it. <laughs> Oh no, not the end of the episode laugh track. We're so funny. Didn't we say we we're gonna go 40 minutes? We're probably way over 40. Think it an hour. The content's been banging, so yeah. it's all right. We're slang. Well, as always, guys, <laughs> the 40-yard line is brought to you, of course, by Populous Fantasy Basketball. Populous changed the way you play Hezzy. basketball today. <laughs> um, always remember to follow the 512 Sports Show on Spotify. Turn on the post notifications to check out the 40-yard line podcast. Off the deep end, where you get to hear all about Erica Sullivan and Kelly Pash's life, and of course, F1's the fast track Aww. taking you inside the fast track. Of course, we do have some other things coming out too, as well as a cricket mini series and a little bit of NBA talk coming up soon. So, we've got a lot to look forward to. I know, I see it, don't worry. <laughs> Remember, guys, like I said, always wants by Poppius. Remember to download Poppius in the App Store today. Have a great time at Dallas this weekend if you're making the journey up there. Be Stay safe, safe, please. Make good decisions. Don't spend $40 on the rides at the fair. You're better than that. We're all better than that. Uh, going to the aquarium, it's free. Evan, anything else? No. Read his article in the Daily Texan. Thank you. Read his article in the Daily Cover Texan. Cover article in the Daily Texan. Cover article in the yeah, Daily Texan. Yeah, baby. Well, um, for our coverage of the 40, <laughs> well, from the 40 acres, the 40-yard line welcomes you home. And once again, I am JC signing off. I'll talk to you next week. I'm Evan. See you guys next time.